This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Shalom Aleichem. This is Rabbi Yehudi Shane, Administrator of Kashrus Anytime, which is a division of the Kosher Consumers Union, a 501c3 organization. We'll talk today a little bit about um, in Kashrus, we have manufacturing companies, which is um, usually industrial, uh, we have uh, commercial facilities, and we have restaurants, uh, caterers, which is called food service, and there's a very big difference between them and the type of Ashgacha that you have to give. Usually in, in industrial companies, they have, they buy in larger quantities, uh, there's a storeroom, you can see everything, it's in larger size containers, etc. And everything's accessible, and you see exactly what there is, and they take out, they'll take out a bag of this, 50 pounds, 100 pounds, to make their form with whatever else it is. It is more controllable than a little restaurant where they buy things in small packages, they run out of something, They'll run to the local store right across the street or something like it and pick it up and it comes in. Not always will you be able to keep track of what was that item that just came, where it's kept. And you can't just go over, we'll look over the whole place every single day. In an um, industrial place, you see what comes in. It's either came in the packages or comes in uh, by tankers, etc., etc. You have much easier a way of controlling if your system is set up right. But if the system is not set up right, an ISO facility is very, very easy to track things, which is an international standard organization. Or any other one of these things, it's a lot easier to keep track of what's going on versus uh, a restaurant. On the other hand, commercial, you have some of the same issues in commercial, but less of a issue that's controllable like in, the, in industrial things. And you have other type of issues to watch over there. Your equipment is not always used for the same things, etc., etc. And then you have food service. Food service, usually you'll have, they do uh, milchiks and they do pleshiks. So you have to have separate areas, completely designated with sinks and with everything with racks. And it has to be, everything has to be marked properly. For pleshiks and for milchiks, you have to have separate ovens. In complete, complete different areas, and then you usually have a parv thing with with your onions, your other type of things of parv. Uh, once it goes out and comes back, it's always whatever it went out. But you have it's it's kind of complicated in keeping your separation. Restaurants, on the other hand, is usually either a military restaurant or a flesh restaurant. So you do, but you will have in in both of them very often you'll have fish. Not only in the nine days, and other times you also have fish, which is power, but you have to make sure it didn't go into the oven with deflation, etc. But it's a little bit, it's uh, harder to control, but you don't have milchiks and flashiks to be concerned about at the same time. Then you have bakeries. Bakeries you have again, you have uh, some are strictly power, some are uh, power of and dairy, and they have the question if they can have separate ovens or not. So in Sachtis, uh, you know, Sachtis has. Most of the bakeries in the metropolitan New York area. The reason is because they allow the bakeries to have the same oven for parav and milchiks with little uh, so-called um, what they call they'll call it a little bit of a burnout that they raise up the temperature for a half hour 
in between. They don't really clean it, even though uh, from cheesecake and things, these do run over. Uh, but they feel that nothing really runs over. The OU, on the other hand, will not let you have uh, the same oven for flesics and for milchics and par. We have to have two separate ovens. And what happens is a lot of other things that can get mixed up over there. You're glazing for the Danishes. The glazing all looks the same, but you have milk for the Danishes and power of the Danishes, which you all put on when it's hot. And if your glazing looks the same, you're not going to know if that's really milk that went on the milk of the Danishes or the power. But that's the way it goes. Then you have to have your. Uh, most of these bakeries are basically working at night. The question is do you have a Jew over there? Don't you have a Jew over there? Shem Shabbos. And. What do you do by taking challah? What's the control? How do you have it done over there? It is, it, it's not easy. It's a little bit complicated, but basically it's doable if you really want to have it done. And if it's not doable, basically, usually because it's done at night and nobody's going to see anything, etc., etc. So really nobody is so-called going to catch you. And then the problem with somebody's bakeries, as you know, was caught. Shem uh, Shabbos um, bakery, so-called wholesale bakery, was caught working on Shabbos. Did Ashkocha take her off? No, they just gave the guy a fine and gave him a bite. And the, the guy made a chedbun, a pace for him to pay the fine. And uh, because he got caught at this time, but he's been making it very well since then and afterwards. Uh, then you have in, in the bakeries and the restaurant and the food service, you have uh, single fresh eggs. Uh, that eggs have to be checked. Especially if it, uh, if it comes from Amish country, from Pennsylvania. Over there they do have uh, males also. And uh, so those shilas of blood spots might be a derisa. When you have that softening aura that there is no um, roosters over there, it may only be a shiloh with a rabbana. So they have other things, which other places will be posted that let a guy do the checking of the eggs and will give him a dollar or so if he, um, if he finds something. The OU does insist that the Meshgir's job is checking eggs. But on the other hand, if he has to um, do bedikus toilom, or something else that is um, visually strong, something like that, which is a little bit more important uh, to get to be there, and he can't do both of them, then they'll allow the Meshgir to work out with a guy that will give him a dollar or two to do it. But in the general circumstances, they want to have that the Meshgir checks the eggs also. In other places, in Lakewood and other places, the Ashgachas allow the guy to go check the eggs. Then the question is, by these restaurants and caterers, what would you as caterers? Do you have to cater to every caterer or not? The Moshe has a chuv on it. That, basically, if you have your um, caterer or restaurant that didn't table the caterer, then basically, if it's a soup, you can't eat it. If it's uh, something not a soup, you should take it out of the plate. It doesn't become also. You take it out of the plate, put it down on a napkin or something, or on a paper plate, and eat it that way. But you can't use the utensils, not the fork, not the knife, not the plate, not the cup. In order to have it, um, others want to say that um, caterers' utensils are considered um, clay misher, which I believe is not correct, really. Clay misher, the way it was in Europe, when the, the other ones wrote about it, or Shulchan's clay misher was that it was um, like the hardware store in town. When people made up a mitzvah, or shevabroch, or simcha, they didn't have large pots or pants to be able to make uh, make a simcha. They used to rent from him, so he never used those pots and pants, and he only rented it out. So for him, there was no chiv of toivling it, because he doesn't use it. For them, it wasn't a chiv of because they rented it from him. So that was called clay mystery. But over here, when you have a caterer or a restaurant, 
It's his kalim that he uses. It's not that it's for mischeret. For mischeret, yeah, he's, he's serving those things on there, so those things. And the Balabas himself, very often, will eat from those things, this and that. So I think the whole hat of clay mischeret really does not um, carry any weight, really, this manazer. And you should really make sure that every place was they turn from the kalim. And yeah, there's nothing wrong. You ask him the mashgiach. Who's responsible for the Caleb? And do they tell the Caleb over here or not? And make your decisions based on that. Because they're looking for leniency on that. They may be looking for leniency on other things. Such as the question is um, with um, with mezuzahs. Number of uh, caterers I see are very very lax in having mezuzahs up in all the, in all their places. If they're lax in mezuzahs, they may be lax in other areas also, and they don't have any, you know a shmira etc etc. You know it's. Uh, the shmir of the mezuzah is not only for Gnevis or anything else, it's the shmir of a lot of other things. The kasha should be right. And if they don't really care about that, you know, how, how much are they going to care about other things that you that you also have a more legitimate concern? And what are these places doing about uh, Bikstalom? In industrial plants, you have less of a problem with Bikstalom. In, um, in food service and in restaurants, it's very serious. And what are they doing? And you'll, you'll really look around. Some of them will tell you they're doing like a star cake. They'll tell you we do this, we'll mark it on this, we'll mark it on that. But the mice, you talk to the mashkichim, you go down to the places. It, it's uh, basically, it's, it's not true. It's basically, uh, they, the, the, the guideline that they tell the mashkichim for star cake is as follows. Do play around. Whatever you want to do with the vegetables, you don't care what you want to do. Just make sure that the boss has everything he needs. If you have time to check, good. You don't have time to check that. But the train has to go. Make sure he has what he needs, no matter what you want to do, as they used to say in other places. You want to give him your blessing, give him your blessing, but just make sure he has what he has, and that we're not going to hear from him any complaints that the rabbi did not provide him. He doesn't have enough vegetables. And we're talking about market vegetables, which are mostly muxik v'teilor. They have in another category, you know, the hospitals and the nursing homes, the retirement homes. What uh, leniencies they have in the hospital and that, and they don't forget in the hospital, a lot of them, they're heating up the food in microwaves. And very often that double wrapping, which we've seen a number of times, the double wrapping opens up. And really the food is awesome because they've used that microphone also for non-kosher and for basabacholov, for etc., etc. In nursing homes, sometimes you have that problem and sometimes not, but usually not. It depends. If it's a mostly a non-Jewish nursing home, and they have a few Jewish patients, they might use also those kind of meals and heat it up in a microwave. And uh, you have to check up and make sure and see what the way it comes, etc. And in, in, uh, in uh, restaurants, nursing homes, hotels, uh, caterers and everything, what's happening with the dishwasher? You have two separate dishwashers, they have one dishwasher. What happens when one dishwasher goes down and they need another dishwasher? Are they going to use that dishwasher? They're not going to use the dishwasher. When they have deep, deep fryers, is he using a separate one for the fish and a separate one for the chicken? Hopefully, or, or by milchix, separate for the fish and separate for the other ones. And then what happens with the with the vegetables? Did he deep fry his um, his chips or something like it in the fleshka fryer? And now he's going to give it together with the fish. Those things turn out to be a problem. And the same thing when they're heating up in a, in a commissary or caterer, like they're making a fair, they might be heating up in the same oven with the flasher oven, they're heating up all the side dishes, the vegetables, and those same vegetables are going to go with the fish plate. So they should be really heated up separately, the vegetables, whatever might go also on the fish plate, so you don't have that type of mix-up. 
We're not going to get into really much uh, about the Shabbos things. Usually Shabbos and Yontif, one of your biggest issues, not only Shabbos and Yontif, is your issue is the party planners. Um, by Shabbos and Yontif, we'll get to it another time. But during the week, the, the party planners will bring all different types of things to the same, besides food items that they bring, which may very well be questionable. I'll tell you, well, I got it from this one and that, but I know this later, I know this one, this one, I got from here, I got very often, a lot of them do not have an Irish office, and they picked it up from here, and they got it from there, they're putting it together, and it goes, it has to be fancy, and they, and they know a um, um, party planner is not going to get paid right, and the person that feel that he didn't really spend his money right for the expensive party planner, unless they really got into a challenge with the caterer, and they argued with him, and they fought with him, and this and that, and in order to be able to get in that thing, then they feel they've done the job. A lot of times, they'll bring in their own uh, utensils, a lot of them, which uh, most of the time I find that they are not playable, which you really should not be using them. And you don't know from what they, you don't know from what they've used it before, uh, because none of the party planners are under any Ashgarh. They could have used it in for items that you wouldn't have allowed, and they, a lot of times will use it for hot items, other things, on a smorgasbord or something else. Like, you got to be very careful with the party planners coming in with their thirties over there. Then by the by the restaurants and these kind of things you have to know you know are they using holy strolls all the things holy strolls what they count holy strolls they counting only certain things are holy strolls because now cholavakim bizmanas in America is a very big problem because there is really no cholavstam according to Moshe he writes in the Chuvah and Simachot that basically we could call it that it's it's cholavtreif and there is really no hetter for it nobody asked for there's no hetter for it goes no but basically everybody that knows what the Matthias is the fact there is no heter uh, in America to use anything that's not a holy straw because of the operated cows that has the displaced of a mason operation, the bloating operation, the C-section operation. They usually run between anywhere from 4 to 8% and Shishim is 1.6. Then in these places you get into the ASIC of um, what kind of uh, meat and poultry they're using. Oh, the whole year, yeah, usually we use this and that. Usually does not mean that that's used exclusively because they run out or they need something or they found the cheap. They can use something else, something else also, which you may not realize and you may not really be comfortable in using it. But a lot of them don't really go and ask about it. When a, when a guy says, oh yeah, by me, uh, all my meat is Beisosef, Base Yosef is not a brand or something like it, and it depends. It depends who's Base Yosef is. It depends what the standard of Base Yosef is. Is it your standard or not your standard? You should know enough questions to ask. Check with your own about the Swabish Rome about Base Yosef. What exactly to ask and which ones are acceptable, which ones are not acceptable. If it's not acceptable, just plain don't eat it. Then those that are Makhbar and Yosham basically should be able to check up and know. Is it is these places where you go and are the things Yashna or not, or is it only Yashna by request? So you have to know what it is. And is is Bishli Stroll, but all over done is Bishli Stroll, Base Yosef and the Gohan, or is it just Bishli Stroll for uh, for Ashkenazim? And then you have to know are all the pilots working? Is the Mashgiach really on the ball? Check out the Mashgiach, find out if all the pilots in the place are working or not working. Start asking some questions. In um, in a restaurant, and uh, sometimes even by caterers, the uh, mashgiach is called a working mashgiach. Because the restaurant is very hard for them to, for them to pay the whatever, 15, 18, 20, 22 dollars an hour for mashgiach. And he's walking around doing nothing, doing nothing, at least they feel he's doing nothing. And uh, even though he's taking vegetables, checking in all the orders, 
the achrayas that he carries mashgiach that is worth a lot to make sure once you can have him as a working mashgiach he's got to do something i hope you're not going to make him go wash dishes or sweep the floor or anything because otherwise at least oh you would make uh, the mashgiach walk home in the table of ashkoh such type of thing but there are others that you know they they feel that if a mashgiach is they see him standing around he's not doing anything even though he's watching what's coming in and what's going and what the going might go and there shouldn't be no bishlakim issues this and that they feel he's doing nothing not worth anything and they'll uh, try to challenge him oh he's not doing he's doing this and they'll always complain about it the more a mashgiach knows about the science of food the better mashgiach will be he'll start realizing what's happening what they have to do what he has to watch for etc will be able to have all the things with bishlakim things he'll realize in advance and he has to know exactly how the steam kettles work, how those other things work. Because steam kettles, when you have a, a tilt kettle, which is a steam kettle or a brazier, a tilt one, and you, even though the Magir turned on the fire, he's got to realize uh, when they turn it to a certain angle, the, um, there's a switch over there that'll shut off the thing. And when the guy turns it back, if he washed it out and he puts it straight again, now the thing goes on and really everything after that is not basically strong anymore. So he has to know how to cook and work the same thing with steam. You have to know exactly how the steam works. Where does the steam coming from? What's happening? Does he have to always open up the steam line? Or he doesn't have to open the steam line. Then he has to be concerned about Bashina Salam. Fish, cheese items, uh, dairy items, uh, cheese items, dairy items, meat items, this and that. If they're sending it out, uh, on uh, on an auto or going out with the truck to a job, etc. He's got to make sure that everything has proper chesamos and needs to be chesamos, etc., etc. He has a lot to watch to make sure that that's what happens. It's known uh, in some of the pizza stores, all the things. You know, the the guy has a roll of uh, sealing tape with him, and he grabs uh, his cup of orders and he goes out to make his deliveries. And before he goes to the house, he'll put on the the sealing tape and uh, as if it was kosher and was done by the store so that's what a mishgir has to make sure but it has to it happens to be that a lot of these so-called hamisha places they feel that if the bala boss or the manager is a former person you really don't need a mishgir but nobody's watching for all of these things to make sure that you don't have these kind of issues over there which basically is serious issues okay uh, we'll continue at another time hold on